0: Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash match. Just go to indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast. Where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the
1: 23 Personal Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael.
2: Michael. Hello. What's up? I am in between gaming sessions.
1: Yeah. So, one, we're recording a day early. Um, I'm going out of town. Didn't. Recording early lets me save a whole bag of stuff to take in the car because it's obviously we'd have all the recording equipment. Anyways, whole big mess. But Farming Simulator 22 came out today yes. and Michael and I have both been on <laughs> the game. Uh, I was on it for like 15 or 20 minutes this morning until like there was one thing that was very necessary to the game. I couldn't get it to figure. I couldn't figure it out because I Originally had played the game on PlayStation uh, and now I'm on Xbox and the controls are just different enough. I was like, this is what it worked on PlayStation. I couldn't get it to work yeah. on Xbox. And of course they, it wasn't even just like a different control. It was, they had, the developers had moved that function into a menu item. And of course the menus had changed. Anyways, it was buried a little bit. I wasn't, I wasn't ready for it. I was like, I got I've got work to do. Okay. Who helped
2: you out though? You just showed you good sir. See, I was already on top of it.
1: You watching my Mr.
2: C P YouTube videos figuring out how to how to operate everything. Th- there's manual transmissions in it this time guys. I saw you got to shift gears if you want. You can turn it off if you want, but I'm 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 out there trying to shift gears. <laughs> jamming them in. I'm not using you know, that clutch. The, the, yeah, fully depressing the clutch. Making sure that that we're not jamming in there too far. Dad said when he was teaching me to drive the tractor, um, I forgot who he was talking about, but there was someone who always rode the clutch a lot. And so whoever taught them how to drive, I think they just constantly, the teacher was constantly hitting his knee. with like, I mean, probably hard because that was the whole thing that was ingrained into my head driving a tractor.
1: Don't ride the clutch. You'll wear it out. Don't ride a clutch. Okay. Okay, cool. Got it. (laughs) I won't. Anyways, we'll we'll get into that a little bit more on uh what we learned. I was going to was going to save some of that for for that aspect of the show way at the end. Uh also new to talk about Thanksgiving cuz that is this week. We're recording on Monday night. Thanksgiving is Thursday. If we didn't talk about food, what would we be talking about? Ugh. Ideal Thanksgiving plates. Uh there was a tweet that said basically said, you know, pick one of each row and very quickly, the rules just broke down. We're like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah. We're going to, we're going to double up or load up on, on this row, skip this one. Anyways, um, we'll get to that. We got basketball. There was a game on Saturday. We mentioned it uh, in our post game. You know, Michael, I don't usually read the Facebook comments when I when I post the, the podcast and the Facebook groups. I did That's this very week. smart man. Well, one guy said, we sounded like somebody died <laughs> and I wanted to respond to that really quickly. I, it, it's, a, it's a fair statement to have made. One, we, we had recorded quite a bit later into the evening. This is the latest game we've played all year. We didn't hit record. It was almost midnight when we started. Uh, and obvious, like the other, other game I can think of that we recorded late, it was Houston and SFA. Both were wins. One was a big win. This one, even later, in such a demoralizing loss. like It was just beaten out of me. So Well, I think I saw some
2: tweet. I can it may have been that. Roger Sherman or somebody that said, there's an hour and a half left in this game and it's been over for an hour. <laughs> or, or, you know, or whatever it was. You know, it was over in the first 10 minutes and you're kind of like... Huh. Kind of felt yeah, that way.
1: It's kind of how it felt. <laughs> Going into halftime was like 13-0. was like... Insurmountable. Because <laughs> like that zero uh, obviously persisted there to the end. Anyways. Um... So we will talk about the basketball game on Saturday. We got two games this week, wrap up Oklahoma state, got got some additional thoughts. Uh, and then look ahead to Baylor. Spoiler alert. Their defense is also really good. Not as good as Oklahoma state, Uh, but they're also really good. And you're on the road this week. So, but maybe they'll be without their starting quarterback. Not that it matters much because they run the ball so damn much. Yeah. Anyways. You guys have been great on Twitter. Love it. Interaction's been way up. You guys are fantastic. Those that aren't following us on Twitter, though, at 23 personnel, at punts suck and at Michael underscore LBK. I know last week we talked about doing the postgame show on Twitter spaces. We didn't do it. We're not going to do it this week. We're going to be back on Spotify Green Room. So look for that about 3, 3.30, 2.30. Somewhere between two thirty and three thirty on Saturday, after the Baylor game, um, we'll be there live discussing that game twelve of the season. Regular season will be over. Can really dive into bowl game projections. Love to see it. Thanks. Um, for those that want to want to support the show on a a more personal basis, we've got Twitter tips turned on. Would love for you guys to to help out there. Always looking to improve the product here. Um, And then you can support us by listening everywhere you can. Obviously, here in the podcast, you can also catch us on Rob Bro's College Tailgate Show, 10 to noon, every Saturday, going until the national title game. I will not be in studio this weekend. I'm going to be in Dallas. Michael will be there. Rob will be there. Yes, I should be there. Oh, yeah. Kyle. Maybe there, Kyle. You know, is three, three for three on bringing donuts, on shows that I've been there and he's also been there.
2: It's at least three for three,
1: if not four for four.
2: Yeah, it's it's perfection, and it's been there's been quite a few donuts. We and we can so we can take care of quite a consumed, few. Yeah, yes. It's amazing how fast we can inhale them in between breaks. It's like no for one sure will talk. Too. We'll just have a commercial break, and everyone's just sitting around, <laughs> just donuts.
1: Uncle Sai from <laughs> Duck Commander. Yeah. Just Anyways, go. Saturday, ten to noon here in Lubbock. Talk one hundred three point nine FM, thirteen forty AM, AM nine sixty in San Angelo, and online at KKAM.com. Before we get to basketball, Michael, we've got a new slash old sponsor back with us mm-hmm. on the on the show. My bookie got some exciting. Deals and promos for you. Michael actually spent like 15 minutes discussing it, <laughs> doing the, the math on this. Uh, and if, if, if this is something you're interested in, man, it's going to be hard to turn down this year. Turkey day at my bookie gives you plenty of reasons to be thankful. Starting with a $250 risk-free bet on Thursday afternoon when my Dallas Cowboys host the Las Vegas Raiders about the spread between the Raiders and Cowboys at my bookie. At the spread, not moneyline, Michael. Got it. When you win, you win. And if you don't, my bookie will refund you up to $250. Simply put, you can't lose this.
0: As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com/slash metaverse impact. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.
1: And that's what I call no risk all gravy. Or as uh, the gambling gouters say, they can't miss. Before you get your wager in, set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when using promo code sportsdrink at my bookie. That's promo code sportsdrink. To double your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000 so you won't need to break the wishbone to be the one to come out ahead. Feast risk-free on Turkey Day with my bookie and make sure to stick around for seconds as I gear up for what should be a fun Black Friday with tons of odds boosts that will have your belly and your pockets full. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with my bookie.
2: Just FYI, the Cowboys are favored minus five right now. As I write this, my book. Oh, it, it opened. Said, no, it opened at minus five,
1: and it's moved to yeah. minus seven. Let's say my so, bookie says minus seven. Yeah. So, anyways, Michael and I were doing the math on the money line odds and doubling up your bet with this. The way that my bookie would double your first deposit, you could conceivably put five hundred dollars on the game. And if you lose, you lose nothing. Right. Cause your 250
2: would then be doubled by them cause they will double your initial deposit up to a thousand. And then if you lose, they will refund you 250. So the only money you are physically putting in is 250. Then you would have 500 to bet on and then You would win on a $500 bet or you would lose and you would be down 500, but 250 wasn't your money anyway. And the other 250 is getting paid back to you.
1: Right. Did I do that right? So I actually thought about it differently. (laughs) I'm not so sure. Anyways, my bookie will sort all that out. Michael and I would look at the odds and this was, this was money line odds. $500 on the the Raiders would pay out $1,800. It's
2: just blasphemy. You can't, you can't bet against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, right?
1: Well, not if you're risking $250 to win $1,800. Eh, okay. okay. Anyways, <laughs> not that uh, n- I'm not encouraging you to do so. But if you're yes. interested, this is your way to do it, my bookie. All right. Uh, basketball is up first. We're going to talk about that game against Incarnate Word. Look ahead to Omaha and Lamar. And then get to football.
0: Here comes Stevenson. Spins. Now the shot clock is at three, Mooney spins, fires, oh, he got it to go, Edwards with a three, good, what a shot, Kyler Edwards, ready double into goal oh, to puts it down, ready.
1: right texas tech went down to south padre island to take on incarnate word in basketball what uh a lot of people were, were criticizing for being a, a high school gym it's like well of course because there isn't a college on south padre island um very interesting broadcast angle the the broadcast crew had masks on too which a lot of people it drew some ire especially from a uh, Mr. Rob, bro,
2: they seemed like the, the, they were made of canvas. They were the thickest masks I've heard on a broadcast. I'm I'm unsure what the material was, but it it was stout. It was, it was very stout, uh, possibly a plastic or, you know, maybe just gaskets. They may have just been some sort of gasket just formed over the mouth, but yeah, that was kind of jarring to be this far into this thing and have, um, you know, it sounded like somebody was talking behind their hands <laughs> the entire time. Uh, they weren't... The, the score bug was off. The score bug was very unreliable. It was... The clock would just keep running. They'd put the points on the wrong team. Uh, just, hey, we were fortunate to watch it. You know, I think it was... <laughs> sure. Yeah, not ESPN <laughs> Plus' best moment. Um, and I don't, I, I don't get the criticism of the gym because like you said, man, like, what were they expecting? I, I mean, there's not a... United supermarkets arena on South Padre Island. I'm not sure what.
1: Yeah, it's fine. Like, I, the, yeah, whatever. I mean, there weren't a ton of people there. So it's
2: a court I've seen Hoosiers. It's the same size everywhere.
1: <laughs> Get out the tape measure. You'd be fine. It's 94 feet. All right. Texas tech, uh, shot 53% from the field. Uh, unfortunately when we we look at some of the advanced stats from Haslametrics and Ken Palm, uh, that kind of kind of took a hit this week. Uh, especially on defense, you allowed incarnate word to shoot almost 48%. Ooh. And there was a lot of threes, man. They hit uh incarnate word was 53%. They were 10 of 19. Whereas Texas tech was nine of 23, not a ton of free throws. This game, Texas tech shot 18 incarnate word 11. So that was down a little bit. Uh, rebounds were pretty down. It was actually really close in rebounds between the two teams. Texas tech 31, Incarnate word 26. Um, This is not something you had seen uh, as, as this close yet. Um, You did force incarnate word into 22 turnovers and you only turned the ball over 11 times. Uh, And at one point you had a 22 point lead, which is, well, that's how the game ended. So.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it was ha- it was close going into half. Tech was only up by five, 36, 31. Anytime Tech would get rolling a little bit, they'd go on a just an awful drought during the same time Incarnate Word would hit a couple of big threes. I mean, they were five for 13. Oh, that's what Tech was. I was like, that's not right. Uh, Incarnate Word was seven of 12 in the first half. Um, at one point, they were seven of 11. They just really were able to hit from three Tech was unable to to guard him. I mean, it started out feeling like it was going to be a bloodbath because Terrence Shannon Jr. came back. Mm -hmm. um, Incarnate Word won the tip. They missed, and Tech got the rebound. Shannon hit a corner three on his first shot of the game. Tech up 3-0. Next trip down the court, he gets a steal, gets a wide-open dunk. Tech up 5-0, and you just feel like, oh, boy, this this incarnate word team is in for it. And no, that was not the case at all. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, that's the big news. Uh, Shannon did get the start over Malik Wilson. I think Wilson had started the first three games in Shannon's absence. There was kind of some speculation that Shannon might come off the bench, but that just didn't seem right to me. I just felt like Adams, it's not like he'd been injured or anything. Adams was just going to throw him in immediately. And, I figured it would be Wilson, I think most people did too, especially how well Davion Warren's playing. I don't want to disregard what Wilson's done cuz he's been such a good distributor of the ball and and um you know unfortunately didn't get in as many assists and as many minutes as he has been this week, but it's the the three-point percentage is worrying me, Spencer.
1: Yeah, that that this three point we are defense. not a good
2: three-point shooting team and and Well that too, yeah. Uh, And and we're allowing a lot of a lot of good three-pointing three-point shooting teams make a lot of threes. You know, it happened the week before too, or the game before. Uh, That was kind of how they're able to keep in it. So if you get a team that's not as one-dimensional, who may be able to penetrate against this defense and can shoot some threes, then it's going to get hairy real quick. But you know, the rest of the schedule for a while, I don't think Tech's going to. No. have any close calls anytime soon.
1: Yeah. So you mentioned Shannon. I want to go back to him for a second. He played 26 minutes. He was the second leading scorer on the Red Raiders with 16 points. McCullough led all scores with 17. i sorry, all Red Raiders for 17. Um incarnate word had a player come off the bench and score 20. Yeah. Um And I I know he's coming back from injury, but Nadolny played 17 minutes, took two shots, missed them both.
2: Yeah, he did. But, but like we were kind of hopeful for, especially if tech started doing more of a full court press deal, he did manage to get three steals in that time. mm -hmm. Yep. That was really about the only uh, other notch in the stat sheet there for him, but really glad to see him back. And, who was shared in our Slack chat right before we started kind of a uniform reveal of what they'll be wearing Tuesday night. And it was Nadalny and it was uh, some highlights of him just in the uniform in the gym by himself and just doing some pretty gnarly dunks. So I'm, I'm pretty excited he's back. Yeah, man. I, I felt like uh, Seth had some round tables on stake If y'all haven't been to stake in in a while, go check it out. But preseason, he had some round tables and he was asking you know who who do you expect to be the most improved returning player? and of course, with only four returning players, it kind of leaves leaves only a few options and i I felt like Nadalni has the one he's the one that has the most that he can improve upon, and I'm kind of have some high hopes for him this weekend or this year, I know he'll be probably off the bench the majority of the time, but He's just such an athletic guy and he plays so hard. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for him to get some more meaningful minutes and um, really get going in this offense.
1: So speaking of getting more meaningful minutes, um, did you see what Bacho did this weekend? I, he played 11 I a, minutes. <laughs> yeah. 11 minutes, 8 points, 8 rebounds. Dude nearly had himself a double-double in 10 minutes.
2: Yeah, he was, he was all over the glass. Um, of course, now some of those rebounds, I think, were his. Missed shots. That's
1: okay. still counts. That's
2: all right. It still counts. But uh, a couple of those, I wouldn't call them putbacks because I would consider a putback when you rebound it in midair and dunk it all in the
1: same. Just tap it back in. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But he did have some where he rebounded, landed and immediately just dunked on a couple of guys. So that was a really cool thing to see. And you just forget how experienced and how, you know, seasoned this guy is maybe not by game minutes, but he's basically had the last two years off. It's not like he's a 19 year old out there. I don't know how old he is, but he's like 22
1: or something. Yeah. Cause when, when I, I think about, and it's just because of the, the past few years experience at Texas Tech, when you talk about big men, uh, if it isn't like a Tariq Owens, then it's, it's these guys coming, coming in from Putnam Science Academy, right? Where you're like, these are guys that are very, very raw. Uh, and they, they had flashes, you know, and, and Big Ross, um, who was the other one just recently too? Anyways, but Bacho comes in and I you know, always get his name wrong. That's not who I was thinking of, but, oh, okay. Anyways, Elite. um, but yeah, man, he came in, like you said, he's not, he's not an 18 year old freshman or had a, a year in prep school or anything like that. Like he's transferring in from a power five school He came in and you saw, him was like, man, yeah. If, if if this is him like ramping up, and obviously you're gonna have nights like this against inferior opponents, but like if he can build on this, you have a big man that can really fill up a stat sheet and points and rebounds. All right. So tomorrow night, Tuesday night, they're facing Omaha. Uh, ESPN Plus, 7 p.m. Uh, just it's going to be in the notes, but if you want to look up the hazel projection, projection to 20 point win,
2: um,
1: yeah, Omaha has,
2: has, um, they've dropped three this season already. They, they won their opener against Hastings. I don't
1: know who that is. I, I always think of the movie and bookstore that was here in town a few years ago. um, but yeah, yeah they won They
2: won their opening against Hastings College by 10. They won 67-57, but since then have dropped games to Ball State, Kansas State, and Montana.
1: And like one, like the, the game against um, Kansas State, that they lost by 15 on the road, um, but they lost 20 by 21 against Montana.
2: Missoula is a notoriously rough place to play. Sure,
1: I'll believe you.
2: <laughs> I've been watching um, Yellowstone. It's got to be.
1: I'm 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 a big fan of Yellowstone. Uh, after Texas Tech, they have a, a a difficult game Friday, after Thanksgiving, one p.m. against Purdue Boilermakers. It's gonna be difficult for them. Not that I care so much about their schedule. And then Saturday, Texas Tech hosts Lamar, one in four team. ESPN, that time is still to be determined or announced. Um, so they won their first game of the season against Wiley College. Then they lost to Miami of Ohio. Lost a kind of close game to Georgia Tech. They lost by nine. Uh, they lost a one point game to Stetson and then a seven point game to Southern Mississippi. They will play UTSA on Wednesday night, and then Texas Tech on Saturday.
2: Yeah, so not to pile on these teams by any means, because I mean, incarnate word. I don't know if we were expected to be only up by five at halftime on that game. Uh, you know, teams get on a roll, especially apparently if they can shoot threes. They they might stay in a little bit longer than they should. But Tech should be able to take care of business, obviously with these. Uh, I'm not super concerned about it. I think it's still, that's the point of these games. I think these teams know what they're getting into when they schedule a a team like Texas Tech. And then, you know, after these two, it starts to get a little bit more serious. You've got uh, a Big 12, Big East battle, December 1st in um, the Dunkin' Donuts Center versus Providence then the following tuesday december 7th you hit and you head to the greatest city in the world <laughs> madison square garden to play tennessee and then arkansas state so this is really kind of your last two what i'd call tune-up games quote unquote um but maybe for the year that this really might be at arkansas state i don't think there anyone to sneeze at necessarily gonzaga's next but after that <laughs> it's not even not even kid about that. Eastern Washington is a tournament team and then Alabama State, so it's then Big 12 play starts, so there's a chance Alabama State, they may be kind of a tune-up team that you can just chalk up, um, but outside of Omaha and Lamar coming up, there's starting to get serious, so glad that Shannon was able to come back when he, when he was, uh, get a glimpse of what Batchel may be able to do and a reminder, like Spencer said, that he's not a, a super green eighteen year old kid. He's, um, you know, he gets out there and you you do. You just kind of forget that because that's what that's what we've seen. Oh, the tall, the really tall kids out there, and he's eighteen or nineteen, and you know we're super excited to see him score th- two and make a free throw and come back out. But Batcho like, no, I'm going to go in. And I'm I'm almost going to get a double double on these guys.
1: Yeah, man. Um, uh, one thing I'm, I'm actually not looking forward to is the schedule is going to slow down a little bit. Uh, you've been playing two games a week here pretty regularly, which is about the pace you'll will play throughout the majority of your conference schedule. Um, for the next few weeks, you'll only play one game a week. So it'll, it'll provide a little bit of breathing room. Um, but looking ahead to, to Providence, really quickly, if you look up on metrics, and of course this will be updated before we we get to that game. Um, this is actually projected as a close loss on the road at Providence, mm. sixty nine point fifty two to sixty nine point fifty six, about as close as I've ever seen it, within four hundredths of a point. Wow. So, i like, yeah, like I have you not said, kept
2: up with Providence basketball so far this this season, but. I'll. I need to try to catch at least one of their games or part of one, just to kind of get a grasp on what they'll be able to bring to the table. I don't want to look 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 ahead too much. I don't want to get too guilty that of of that thinking that there's no chance Omaha or Lamar takes Tech to the wire or something. But I am going to look ahead a little bit to Providence, sure.
1: Uh, and just speaking about the, the schedule, uh, looking at Hazlemetrics rankings, Gonzaga. Number one, we mentioned Purdue. I was for somebody else. They're number two. Kansas, obviously, you'll play twice. Number three, Baylor, they're four. Texas is nine. Oklahoma is 20. Tennessee is 21. And then, according to Metrics, you're 25. So you've got quite a bit of resume building opportunity on the schedule. Yes. Yes, Ken Palm. You did drop a couple spots over for him. His his rankings. You're down to fifteenth, adjusted offense twenty fifth, and your defense, which I said took the biggest hit, down to sixteenth. It was at seventh. Um, but your opponents haven't done you any any help. Opponents D three three hundred fifty fourth, and opponents offense three hundred forty second. That'll step up here pretty soon. Yeah. All right, Michael, let's uh let's move on to football. We've got quite a bit to talk about there with Oklahoma State and then Baylor. You
2: ready? Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> best pass, best of the media, up, again! missed it from 19 yards. Welker takes it at the 11. He's gonna to try to get to the right sideline, breaks a Shotgun from the 28. The throw goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. I, he breaks. Play- oh, he's going. Oh, it's a Red Raider. Unbelievable. Touchdown. a Red Raiders. Michael Crabtree has done it.
1: Let the scoring begin. You know, I won't not mention just the role that be played in that call. And <laughs> how wonderful it is. I love it. Your head coach was in the radio booth and he was up there for two years. I didn't realize that. And he was up there for a couple of years as an analyst, an additional voice. Yeah, that's right. He was 07, 09, or like 07 to 09 or 08, 09.
2: Yeah, that was a, I went to, I went to more games then. Had a lot less obligations, so I went to a lot
1: more games. Then, so I wasn't really as in tune to. Oh, I had no idea. The booth. Yeah, no idea who's in the booth. Uh, it's just cool to look back on. Uh, you know who's not in the booth this weekend? Brian Jensen, yeah. John Harris. <laughs> I sure. heard that. I, that <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. were, and and I I understand it. And they were they're they're hamming it up a little bit. With, so they they honored Steve Pitts, who is the producer. He's been the producer on theirs uh, on that broadcast crew for forty three years, and he's retiring this year. Uh, and they honored him on the field. Brian Jensen, Chris level, John Harris. I can't, I can't keep forgetting John. His name is John. I can forget John. That's ridiculous. They were beside him on the field when they were honoring pits, mm-hmm. both wearing one, one was wearing the the stolen t-shirt idea for Red Ritter outfitters, the bad boys, the big 12 radio crew. Yeah, where they pretty much took Rob Bro's tweet and put it on a shirt. Yeah, for sure. And then John Harris, his was just like big block of text: "Free Jensen and Harris." Yeah, <laughs> Which like I was a the, freak. yeah. I like that one. Um, I just like
2: seeing John Harris next to normal people because yeah, he's like seven feet tall, dude. Yeah, he's he's a solid six seven. Yeah,
1: it's a big dude. It's, yeah. That was about the the high point of the excitement in the game and it was early on too. <laughs> uh one I want to talk about something really quickly and and it's that was this is belaboring the point maybe and beating a dead horse and all that kind of stuff. I I, I wanna I wanna mention something that that Rob and Kyle talked about on on the Gambling Gouchos podcast. If you're not listening to them, you should be. Uh they do a pretty good next day recap of the game. So that they recorded on Sunday. Um and Kyle brought up the point. It's, it's kind of something that I, I mentioned, but not not as not as um, clearly stated as he did. He said as much of the, as a big deal that Texas Tech made about throwing things on the field. Like one, they had a big graphic up on the jumbotron for most of pregame. That just said, like, if you throw something on the field, you're subject to penalty, like the the team could be penalized. You could be ejected and fined, all this kind of stuff. They made the announcement on the PA a couple times. He's like, you know, a smart Oklahoma State fan is going to throw something on the field. Because the, the officiating crew announced, probably as a warning, if an object is thrown on the field, Texas Tech will be penalized 15 yards. Yes. You said and, if something is thrown, Texas Tech will be penalized. I didn't say it was Oklahoma State guy. Sure. Now, obviously, it wasn't ever confirmed who threw what. I mean, there were let's just say dumb sports people in the stadium. What did bug me, and also Kyle mentioned that because he was there at the game, how many, how much orange was in the student section? And when, when you and I were students, Michael, like that, that, that was never okay. Like there were times I I remember being at games, like one person would walk in with like the opposing team's colors would legit have to be escorted out because like they were just getting too like rowdy and raucous. Like people were getting upset and booing and getting aggressive. And yes, not that I'm saying you should be physically aggressive. That's not, the, no <laughs> violence is not the answer people, but um, well, sometimes it is. Not because somebody's wearing a different T-shirt than you, um, but yeah, that, like a few years ago, that 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 was not acceptable that you let somebody else's, you know, another team's fan into the student section. Um, but yeah, so like, th- there were times when stuff was someone to feel like could have been an Oklahoma State fan, maybe. I mean, you would never be able to to prove it unless you've had cameras on the the crew, the like the 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 fans the whole time.
2: But yeah I I remember it was such a big deal to have an opposing fan sit in the student section and, and you'd get every now and then you get that grad student that thought it was a good idea because <laughs> uh they would I mean oh, I went to A&M be M a,
1: before I came yeah, here
2: everybody would be throwing an absolute fit and so security would come down and talk to that person and ask to see their ID
0: mm-hmm.
2: and then they would show their ID and sure enough they went to grad school at Texas A&M or whatever and so they're wearing their maroon in the student section, even though they're also tech students. Um, so sometimes those people would, would get a pass, but then also sometimes liquids were poured. <laughs> i would seen nacho cheese on shirts, like, like, a full, like a whole thing of nachos on a shirt before. Uh, yeah, I'm not encouraging that either, but it was just something I did see firsthand that if, if you went into the student section with the opposing team shirt on, uh, it was just kind of one of those. Well, good luck.
1: Good luck to that group. Anyways. So last game of the year, like there'll be plenty of time to address this or not address, like not, not make a big deal out of it. Just, just let it die. Um, but just, man, like (laughs) you, you, you don't put yourself in a good position when you make such a big deal out of it and then announce automatic penalty against the home team with anything is thrown on the field regardless of where it came from.
2: Sure, because there is no way to police that. There, there's no way to know exactly it that quickly where that water bottle with dip spit came from or whatever no, because, whatever Mike Gundy saw. Because
1: what happened was like there was a water bottle that made it onto the field of play and immediately a flag comes out. Like they don't know where it came from. They just see a water mm-hmm. bottle on the field.
2: Correct. And I wouldn't expect them to know. It's not fair for me to expect them to know, but it's then true. don't penalize the team for something that anyone with any affiliation for any reason could have thrown onto the field right
1: then. Could have come from an Oklahoma state player. I'm not saying it did. I'm, I'm, I'm not oh, sure. I'm just yeah. saying like, because their backs are turned, like they have no idea what's happening behind them. The, the referees, they, they just see a bottle come in. Well, oh, that's a flag.
2: Someone may have been heading up the stairs, carrying a water bottle started to trip yeah, and their flames. arms were just <laughs> flailing. And then the next thing, you know, Oh, my water bottle is 36 yards <laughs> East. This was not the plan. It, it was probably just a big misunderstanding
1: yeah anyways one it's dumb (laughs) don't throw stuff on the field it's totally but also it's it's dumb that like just an instant foul against texas tech when you have no way of of identifying who like it's easy to say like oh that was a holding on texas tech player whatever but like do you think bottle comes flying in from behind you have no idea where it came from
2: right well well, do you think that it has anything to do with uh last week with what all happened last week that everyone was on edge yeah there's no way that it would have, this would have normally been a, a that big of a deal. But no, last week, some jack wagon threw a water bottle next to the ref.
1: Yeah. After yeah. a horrendously bad call. Um, I'm going to have stats in the notes document. One, I just want to point out, and it was something we talked about going into it, about slowing down their run game, especially Jalen Warren. Who had you know has was putting up Brees Hall like numbers on the season, you know, two hundred and eight carries, a thousand and forty yards, five yards per carries, and ten touchdowns on the night, Saturday night, twelve carries, forty one yards, barely three yards per carry. Defense held up there into the bargain, man. Outside of some of the like the holding calls on, yeah. on passing plays, Third which down. were <laughs> yeah, um, there was and then. Yeah. Th- they difference. were bad. Yeah, there's like some like you just tackled them. Those.
2: Yeah, yeah cuz every now and then it was it was like that was a linebacker they called that on and then you realize, "Oh." Yeah. They they pretty much grabbed the guy from the backfield and prevented him from running his route on the way to the quarterback. So, yeah. Pretty much all the ones they called they'd replay it and I would immediately have to eat crow to no one because it's just me in my, a room by myself going, no, what holding? Sure. Yeah. Let's see whatever. And the, Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. they yeah, yelled
2: he yelled yeah. pretty good.
1: Um, okay. So going into the game, we knew the Oklahoma state defense was, was pretty good. Again, I'll say it. I was not expecting that. I wasn't <sighs> like their, their defensive line won that game. Obviously when you disrupt the, every aspect of the game, um, like, They were second in big 12 rush defense allowing 102 yards per game and three yards per carry and only six touchdowns on the year Saturday night, 25 yards on 26 carries.
2: We went to my in-laws yesterday and they had been out of town for a couple of days and they watched the game while they were out. And that was the first thing that my father-in-law mentioned to me. He was like, man, how about that game? I said, yeah, yeah, that was rough. And he said, that defensive line, <laughs> he's like, Tech's offensive line was just getting blown up. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it was, it was rough. Yep. So that was, that. a lot of people noticed that.
1: I was going to, um, I was going to put in notes on, uh, on the positive rushing yards. <laughs> Cause I, I, I think on the, on the, on the day when you take out the tackles for loss, which doesn't really make sense. Cause it wasn't just sacks. I think you still only had like 60 rushing yards. Um, and I said I wasn't going to include it. It's not, not going to be in the stat. not going to be in the notes, but I obviously just mentioned it. Uh, Oklahoma State, number eight, scoring defense in the country. Going into the game, 16.4 points allowed per game. Uh, they're tied for first in sacks at 3.7 per game. They had five against Texas Tech. They were tied for second in tackles for loss per game. At 7.7, they had 12. It was just like every other play it felt like. Um, Mm -hmm. First in Big 12 pass defense, 180 yards per game. Um, Donovan Smith was 9 of 28, 32% completion percentage for 83 yards. And then their third down defense, they allowed 25% conversion. Texas Tech converted 3 of 14. And I think... A couple of those were, were, were penalty assisted. Yes, Um, they were. Cause it felt like, it felt like the game plan and, and a lot of people said like, just had so much criticism to heap on, on Cumbie for not making adjustments, but like watching the game, I saw them try to run up the middle. I saw them try to run Outside, like to extend the, like go out around the offensive line because that wasn't working. Um, there were some short passes attempted. There were some deep passes. attempted. The one thing I didn't see a whole lot of Oklahoma State essentially vacated the middle of the field. Yes. They had all their defenders within five yards of the line of scrimmage. Nobody over the middle. And we threw deep passes down the sidelines. It was like, can we not like run a post or something? Um, that would be my, my only, only, uh, complaint about the game plan from Sonny Gumby. It felt like Oklahoma state wanted, wanted you to throw over the middle and maybe, maybe you were going to Donovan Smith couldn't get the read or, you know, he was being rushed because of the, the pass rush, the offensive line breaking down too quickly. Um, or maybe like they, they would show that pressure and then drop back and just flood the field. I, I just, I don't know what can be called. I don't know what Donovan Smith saw and either changed the play just from my seat in the scene. It was like the middle of the field looks open and we didn't, we didn't throw there everything else. It felt like you tried and it didn't work because they yeah. were just, they just I mean, owned the game at the line of scrimmage.
2: Yeah. The, the, the one, you know, the biggest play of the game was over the middle or at least along the the hashes to Mason Tharp. Just basically kind of threw a jump ball and Tharp was surrounded by three guys, but he's tall and and got it. Uh, McLean Mannix, you know, he had a 16-yard catch.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So your, your top two receivers, I mean, that's it. You're looking at him. Tharp had three three receptions for 39 yards and one of them was that 25-yard catch. And then McLean Mannix had that one sixteen yarder. Um, so I mean, yeah, you've got a good point. I don't know if if you know Smith felt more comfortable throwing to the outside, or maybe even his outside receivers were like, "Hey, I'm, I'm I've got my guy beat. I can beat him." Uh, Smith was under throwing though on those outside routes, and uh, and it did pay off a little bit because of some pass interference penalties yep. because of that. Uh, you know, with Ezekama having to come back to the ball, then the defender hadn't had a chance to turn around yet and he, yeah, he interferes. Yeah. Um, and Oklahoma state ended up, I think with, they had at least one more penalty than Tech, maybe two. So the, it just was just, yeah. Uh, a butt
1: kicking man. <laughs> it was just a dismantling. Hey, w- one positive though, Michael, FBS record was broken for, for tech. Like it was a positive for tech. A re- record was set by a Texas tech player. In a positive sense, kind of. I know where you're going. (laughs) Because McNamara, your punter, set the FBS record for punts of more than 50 yards in a single game. He had eight. The previous record was seven. He punted nine times. Eight of them went 50 yards or plus. I think his average on the night was 58 yards per punt. The game could have been a whole lot worse uh, if he wasn't able to push them back as much as he was. I think he even had a 70-yard punt in there. He did. He had a
2: 70-yarder. And and I'm not being sarcastic or trying to be funny or anything. I love a good punt. And that was you, you know, you don't you don't want to see your team punt that much. But if you're if you're going to have to.
1: Get a guy might as well who be can good. average would
2: 56 yards of boot. I mean, it was just incredible. I think one of them he ran out the clock at the end of the third quarter. Yeah, <laughs> I think there was like 7 seconds left on the clock and he booted it and it just I, I swear that happened at the end of a quarter. Yeah, and it did. The, it's like okay, well, you know, McNamara punted. Maybe it's the first quarter. I can't remember. And then just we'll come back and we'll go the other way because the hang time just yeah, it was it was a thing of beauty. It was a perfect night for it. I think the wind had died down. You would know you were there. Did, had by then, had the wind kind of died down? Sure, I don't remember so much about <laughs> that.
1: it. It didn't. It didn't feel so so breezy in the stadium. Uh, so it was really right, at yeah. any point because the sun had been down for a while right? by the time he got to kick off at seven. Um, Texas Tech was a ten and a half point dog um, going into the game. Ha- had you eventually been told, "Hey, you're going to lose this game by twenty points," I don't think you would have felt like you like, "Oh, well, okay." Like well, Oklahoma State's pretty good. It's the zero in offense that like, gets a lot of people fired up about it, and they want to go back to that stat that Don Williams pointed out about the last time you've been shut out last time you were shut out at home. Um, But again, your defense, like had you not been playing one of the best defenses in the country that you probably will ever see in Jones AT&T stadium, that defense that played on Saturday night, it's going to win you a lot of games. And I I know we like like to just harp on how bad the defense has been. and Keith Patterson's got to go. Like the performance on Saturday was good enough to win a lot of games. So, I initially picked, well, actually I don't, I don't have this up there. This is got Iowa state numbers, but I had yeah, a, uh um, yeah,
2: I've got them. I was going to pull
1: them in there. Okay.
2: Hang on a second. I'll paste it.
1: I think I had, was it was like 38, 28. I had like a t- 10 point line earlier and then Saturday morning during the, the Rob bros show, I was like, that feels 38. feels like a lot of points for anybody to, to score in this game. Uh, and I lowered it to 31, 27. Um, yeah that, that that was more than twice what was scored in the game total anyways. Yeah, I had 38 28. Michael, you had 31 24. You were closer. Yeah. I was yeah, that's but that's a still 32 oh, points off total.
2: Yeah, I mean we, we both hit the under. Oh, which solid is under at
1: 58 and a half.
2: Yeah, <laughs> we, we definitely hit the under, but and that was what we both thought would happen is it's not going to be a high scoring game, but golly, I I thought tech would be able to move the ball Somewhat, or you know, maybe get a pick six, or uh, you know, an inter- a big interception that set up a short field. But Oklahoma State, for you, the most you, part, took good care of the ball too. I was I was have, kind of banking on yeah Spencer Sanders maybe having a couple of bad throws and and he did, but you know Tech wasn't really able to capitalize on him.
1: He would have killed for a turnover, man. Like he threw it to to Rabbit like twice and hit him in the hands. Yes, and it's like oh dude, if we had just. He's actually—I uh, don't know if you looked look this up. He's tied for first in the conference in interceptions. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, he—what does he have? Three? Yeah, he's got three. So yeah. I mean, it's not like a, a lot, but well, um, that's a, that's a lot. To he me. could have had another couple, <laughs> and you know, he, he had some chances against more chances against Iowa State too. Um, the other thing that happened this weekend, Joey McGuire, new head coach, Joey McGuire. He's still a head coach here. He's a head coach. He hosted just a. Crap ton of, of recruits. Uh, and you've already seen some dividends. You had three guys commit since Saturday. It's Monday night. You've had three guys already commit. Uh, rumblings of maybe another one on the way. Uh, two for the 2022 class, one for the 2023 class. So for 2022, you got the linebacker Ty Cana or Kana from Katie, and then offensive lineman Eric Gray from Amarillo. Michael, did you see that highlight of Eric Gray's where he took a pitch? And ran it like 60 yards for a touchdown. It's like a
2: hook and ladder kind of deal.
1: And they ran it to an offensive lineman of all people. And and
2: But then you see him run and you realize, yeah, that's that's why. It was intentional. They
1: handed that to him because he outran everybody. So dude's got some wheels. He's got some athleticism for a for big cat. And then 2023 cornerback from Waxahachie, Calvin Simpson Hunt. He has helped solidify... Obviously it's early You're 23, 2023 class number 11 in the country so far. So you know what else is going to help Michael? They announced his hire today, a director of scouting, Cody Belair, most recently from LSU as an uh, assistant over there. I'm not sure how many other programs in the country have a, a director of scouting. I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of people do. What I, I'm, I'm concerned, or not I'm concerned. I'm interested to know how long programs have had a position like this or departments that you're seeing Joey McGuire build and create uh, that Texas Tech is just now getting to.
2: Yeah, this is interesting. I, it's uh, from the t- official Texas Tech release. It says that in his role, Belair will oversee the initial evaluation process to identify potential student athletes at Tech an area he has extensive background in after previous stops at LSU, as you mentioned, Texas A&M and Baylor. He's most recently the assistant director of player personnel since March at Baylor, which is his alma mater. Um, Yeah, he, he was player personnel assistant at A&M in 1819, where he helped the Aggies land a pair of top 10 classes joined the Baylor staff early in 2020 season in a similar role where he worked alongside McGuire man. Yeah. He's um, this is, this is completely new to me, but it makes sense. Once you see what he's doing, you realize, well, it makes sense. This, mm-hmm. this guy is just gonna, he's going to try to weed through and make it a little bit easier on uh, Blanchard and McGuire and maybe just or, or maybe find some guys that, hey, y'all need to take a look at this guy because he's going to this is going to be his job is to look at tons and tons of tape and talk to other coaches and, and kind of be the guy maybe on the ground. He might be going to games a little bit. Um, I'd imagine he's going to games a lot, maybe coordinating visits and stuff. I, I don't know. That's it, it seems like such a no brainer to have someone called the director of scouting
1: which you would just, hear like a, like a, a baseball team,
2: right? Yeah. But, like, okay, this weekend we're going to DFW and we're going to try to catch these two games or, you know, we're going to split up and some of you are going to go here and some of you are going to go here. And it's, yeah, I, I don't know.
1: Anyways, that, that was announced Monday. Uh, excited about that. Just, just with the, the growth and just the, the trajectory that this whole thing is on. Um, because when you think about the success that McGuire has had so far on the recruiting trail, he doesn't have an off- offensive coordinator. He doesn't have a staff. He doesn't have a defensive coordinator. He's selling them on himself and his his vision for the program. Not playing time, not scheme, not fit. Imagine when, when he's, he's able to do that. Like, okay, like you are going to be perfect here because you're going to fit exactly what we need to do. Like it's going to be even... That, to me, even that much of a stronger pitch. You play for McGuire. Oh, and also you're going to have, you're, you're going to play or you're going to be able to fit into the our program in this way.
2: I, I agree with all that. I think Blanchard is also deserving of a lot of credit there too. I think he's making a lot of great connections with these kids. Um, I think what might be selling them, and this is just me purely speculating just because it's fun to do that, are these kids' coaches? Uh, I could see these kids' coaches just completely selling McGuire and Blanchard and just saying, you know, th- th- these kids may not, they, they probably don't know exactly who Joey McGuire is. Uh, they have maybe heard the news and you know, obviously they know he's the head coach at Texas Tech and they may have known he wins at Baylor. and But, you know, Cedar Hill was a long time ago to a high school student. So, um, I I wouldn't be too surprised if the high school coaches are backing him and that's, that might even be pushing some of these guys over to the edge of maybe even their parents, you know, like, Hey, this guy's going to take good care of your kid. I, I know him or, you know, I, I, I did coach with him or I know some guys who vouched for McGuire and vouched for uh, Blanchard and have really good experiences with them and, yeah, we don't know what the scheme is going to be, but I just trust him and I trust that he's going to take good care of your kid. And you're like, all right, okay. So I I think there could be some of that going on. Um, it wouldn't surprise me at all based off of, I mean, h- how many head coach hires in the state of Texas have been practically endorsed by the Texas High School Coaching Association? I, I don't know of, <laughs> of, like I of like- them releasing so many statements and, public you know congratulations and all that kind of stuff i mean it's, who knows maybe it's just because we haven't hired one but um I, that could be a missing part of it too is that the kids he's talking to their coaches are the ones that may be kind of cluing him in on who mcguire is aside from just the texas tech basketball or <laughs> texas tech football coach
1: yeah Really quickly before we, we jump into our, our ad reads and our, our Baylor preview, I, I want to share some. I just it's from behind a paywall, so I'm not going to like just just blurt it out there because it's not, it's not even a, a paywall that I I subscribe to. So it was shared with me. I'm just going to tell you a little bit. As much as as he like, he's been going after high school recruits, and I think we've all been really uh, it's, it's been refreshing to see that and the success he's had. Uh, apparently, he's also going after a highly rated player that's entered the transfer portal. Uh, He's from the state of Texas transferring from a power five school, very nearly a five star athlete. Um, But he's from the DFW area and Mm. like it would align with a lot of what he said, like, yeah, we're we're gonna go after high school guys. And then some in the, in the portal. Um, But man, if, if this player, is able to transfer to Texas Tech your defense was there. there there's a little bit of hint gonna get a whole lot better
2: that's what I like about these players that McGuire is getting he's he's not getting uh you know he's getting an offensive lineman he's getting a cornerback uh, he's he's getting I think a defensive back I, I forget all the positions mm-hmm. of them but it's
1: going after non-traditional players for Texas yes. Tech in, in the sense of like this is not the 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 positions the classes have been traditionally built around. It's always been you get a, a good quarterback and then you start getting a bunch of receivers and then you know a running back and then you kind of fill in the rest. He's kind of flipped that around. He's gone defensive line, linebackers, defensive backs, offensive line. Like he hasn't recruited a skill player yet, or right? He hasn't he hasn't got one committed. He, he's he's in on uh, Sydney and banasaur who's Nelson and Benesor's young, younger brother, uh, tight end, receiver type player. Um, but he, he hasn't, like the only offensive player he's had has been an offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Which I'm okay with. I'm yeah, okay with I mean, I, I think this
2: is, because Tech is, I, want, I don't want to say always, but for a long time, Tech has been able to recruit skill players. And I think that still applies. Tech still has that, whether it's still true or not, that they still have that, uh, they're known for their offense. Yeah, And who knows what that, you know, everyone in Lubbock and everyone who's a Tech fan is like, yeah, but things are different now. But anytime you get on a national broadcast or it, these guys that just come in and, and pay attention to your team for four or five days. Well, in the points, it's going to be a shootout tonight in Lubbock. If they don't, it doesn't matter every year. It's the same thing. And uh, they will probably say it in Waco, even though Tech scored zero This week for the first time in 24 years. So all that to say, Mm -hmm. it's good to see McGuire kind of turn that, not on its head necessarily, but maybe not focus on that, at least not initially. And, uh, you know, kind of fill some other needs and just kind of get a more well-rounded class and a more well-rounded team in general.
1: Yeah, for sure. Sorry. I up <laughs> real quickly, um, I did rearrange the ad reads, Michael. So if you so, so you would have to do two in a row. Do you want to go ahead and?
2: Oh, you, mean you go jump yeah, into those. real quick. What am I reading? I am reading. <laughs> Let's start with Green Room. Sorry, I had to, I had too many windows open. Spotify Green Room guys are going to be back on Green Room. You know everything about that. Uh, let me roll down there too. <laughs> okay. Uh, Green Room from Spotify. Spotify Green Room is the live audio-only sports talk platform. It's free to download and use. You can talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, which is what we use it for, and to react to breaking news, which we have used it for that as well. There's been a lot of breaking news in Lubbock the last six weeks or so. Uh, join in on the conversations. You can have a chance to be featured on the 23 Personnel podcast. We've had some great contributions on Green Room. And uh, hope to keep that going. We'll be hosting rooms every week after the end of the games. So this will be the last time to catch us on an instant reaction unless until the Gonzaga or until the bowl game or something like that. So th- this will be it for a little while. But Saturday, you can catch us, like Spencer said, probably 233, 330, something like that. We will host the room. Be sure to download the app. It's free in the iOS and Google Play Store. Create a profile, link your Twitter. You can follow me at Michael McDonald, or you can follow Spencer, and you really should follow Spencer at Spencer Rogers because he's the one that starts the room. You'll get the notification, and then you can go live with us with your spiciest takes.
1: All right. Guys, we have Symbol on as a sponsor as well. They are the stock market for sports that allow you to profit off your sports knowledge. On Symbol, you can trade sports teams like stocks, and every time your teams win, you earn cash. Use your sports knowledge on Symbol to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Join the 7,000-plus early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams. Visit www.simbull.com. To create a free account and we deposit, make sure you use the promo code SD to make your deposit risk-free. Visit symbol.com and use the promo code SD and your deposit will be risk-free. That means even if you lose money, Symbol will refund your initial deposit. No questions asked. Join Symbol and start investing and profiting from your favorite teams.
2: Speaking of risk-free deposits, this year, Turkey Day at MyBookie gives you plenty of reasons to be thankful, starting with a $250 risk-free bet on Thursday afternoon when the Cowboys host the Las Vegas Raiders. That still sounds weird to me, Las Vegas Raiders. Get the best uh, bet the spread between the Raiders and Cowboys at MyBookie. When you win, you win. And if you don't, MyBookie will refund you up to $250. Simply put, you can't lose this bet. And that is what I call no risk, all gravy. Before you get your wager in, set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when using promo code SPORTSDRINK at MyBookie. That's promo code SPORTSDRINK, all one word, to double your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000. So you won't need to break the wishbone to be the one to come out ahead. Feast risk free on Turkey Day with my bookie and make sure to stick around for seconds as they gear up for what should be a fun Black Friday and tons of odds boosts that will have your belly and your.
0: Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts.
1: All right, man, let's get into the Baylor preview. They are nine and two on the season, six and two in big 12 play. You're kicking off 11 a.m. over on FS one. Now, I remember preseason. We talked about the Baylor Bears and their projections were like, there's no way they're going to win this many games. <laughs> we were so wrong. Yeah. Um, we we underestimated Baylor.
2: And even though I think I had UT going seven and five, I overestimated UT. Which I
1: just I just love it. I love to see it. They legit could finish the season four and eight, which is Ooh. crazy. All right. Um, Baylor. So, as good as uh, Oklahoma State's defense is, Baylor's right up there with them. The thing that's scary about this team, as good as Oklahoma State defense was, the Oklahoma State offense which is not very good. The Bears are pretty good offensively, too. <laughs> they are... Uh, third in offensive efficiency in the Big 12. Um, they're led by Gary Bohannon, Gary, Bohannon, Jerry. I feel like we're talking about uh Dugan Dugan Parks and Rec. Gary, Jerry, oh. <laughs> he, he uh, got injured this past weekend. He's listed his day to day. So he may not be, may not be the starting quarterback for the bears this weekend. Uh, Not that they don't have plenty to play for. They've uh, they're still trying to work their way into the big 12 title game on the year completing 65% of his passes, 2,100 yards, 17 touchdowns to six interceptions also has carried the ball 69 times for 301 yards and nine more touchdowns. So He's got 26 touchdowns himself. Paired up with, just a ridiculous set of running backs. The rushing attack for the bears is really good, which I think you can, you can have a little bit of confidence in that there that lines up with your strength on on the defense. Not that Bohannon can't throw the ball, but running back Abram Smith, 1250 yards, 6.8 yards per carry, 11 touchdowns. He's leading the big 12 in rushing yards and yards per carry as a starter. Backed up by Tristan Ebner, who we've heard about for a while, 710 yards, 5.6 yards per catch, only two touchdowns, but between Bohannon, Smith, and Ebner, that trio has 2,300 rushing yards, 22 rushing touchdowns, and that's, well, the team, but really those three lead the conference in rushing yards and yards per carry. If it's not going to be those guys carrying the ball, Bohannon or the quarterbacks will be looking to wide receiver Tyquan Thornton, 838 yards on the season, 16 and yards per catch, eight touchdowns or wide receiver RJ Sneed, 550 yards, 13.3 yards per catch and two touchdowns defensively. Like, like we said earlier, they're, they're right up there with Oklahoma state. They are second in the big 12 in scoring defense at 19 points per game. Oklahoma States has dropped down to 14 after they put up zero this weekend. So they are second in the conference and defensive defensive efficiency. They allow teams to pick up 5.3 yards per play, which sounds like a lot. Um, for reference, Oklahoma State allows 4.3 yards per play. Texas Tech allows 6.1. Oklahoma State was first. I think Texas Tech was sixth or seventh in that list in the conference. Um, look at the matchup when Texas tech has the ball, they are averaging about 260 passing yards per game at eight and a half yards per attempt. Baylor defense is pretty good against the pass: 225 yards, 7.3 yards per attempt. They're even better against the run. Texas tech runs for 154 yards at almost five yards per carry. Baylor allows 121 yards per game at three and a half yards per carry they are surprisingly or scary. Good at third down defense. They're under 32% conversion. Uh, Do the bears defense allow it's eighth in the con eighth in the country. Whereas Texas tech offensively picks up 43% of third downs. Now, when the bears have the ball um, they I'm going to say only throw for 215 yards per game, However, it's still at eight and a half yards per attempt. So they're getting yards through the air when they want to. They just don't have mm-hmm. to throw very much because they run for 232 yards per game. It's best in the conference by something like 30 yards per game at almost six yards per carry. Texas Tech allows 140 yards on the ground and four yards per carry. Um, offensively on third down, they're just under 41% to Texas Tech's defense that allows 44%. Um, being how the game went this weekend and the similarities on the defensive side, uh, and then also with it being on the road, Texas tech is a pretty hefty underdog this weekend, 15 and a half points over under set at 52 FPI gives Texas tech just about a 16% chance to pull this, this upset off. Michael, where are you at with this game?
2: I, I'm not in a good place. I'm not in a good place at all.
1: Recency bias says we're getting shut out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's not, that's not, if it happens again, my goodness, like you're going to have a lot of people screaming about company, that. that's not happening again. Um, But, but those defensive numbers I know sounded pretty scary. Looking up some of those numbers, other defenses that you've seen that are actually ranked better than them. Iowa state and certain categories. I read Kansas state offensively. You did not have so much trouble with those two teams. Now you did a little bit. uh, Well, you did quite a bit in the second half against Kansas state. And then there were some scary moments in the Iowa state game. When your, your defense, your offense was, was slowing down a little bit. So there, there's that little bit of, of, of hope that like you've played similar defenses that have been pretty good. West Virginia is still way up there um, on disruption and third down conversion. Houston is up way up there. Um, and maybe after having played Oklahoma state, you you can get some confidence when you get in that game. You're like, Oh, actually they're not as bad as, as, they, as Oklahoma state was last week. Um, well, and, maybe
2: they'll and, see like you saw that, Hey, the middle's the middle might be open. Let's work on that some more this week. <laughs> but I mean, that's
1: just, that doesn't mean it's going to be, the same thing in Waco. I, I, as much as he may be hands off right now, like this would be the week that I like as come be as the interim coach, like, Hey, uh, coach McGuire, you you got any thoughts for us on game (laughs) prep this week? Knock, knock, knock. Hey coach. Hey coach.
2: What are you up to? Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd definitely be bending his ear a little bit. You mentioned this too. Baylor is still, I think what exactly would have to happen. For Baylor to make it to the the Big Twelve Championship game, would they want Oklahoma to win? I guess they want OU to win. So then Oklahoma State. No, they may want Oklahoma State to win because then they'll be tied with OU, and they have the tiebreaker with. And OU. they have the tiebreaker because they beat them.
1: So they probably want Oklahoma State to win because Oklahoma State did beat Baylor.
2: Um. Yes. So they've got to have Oklahoma State win in Bedlam on Saturday, and then of course, if they beat Tech, if Baylor beats Tech, then they should be in the Dr Peppa Big 12 Championship game. Yeah, there, there's a lot for them to play for. Obviously, they have not lost a home game this year. They are six and zero at home. I think it's going to about to be seven and zero at home not
1: feeling super great about this. Pink Raider, get out of here with that. (laughs) I'm just
2: kidding.
1: (laughs) I'm I'm taking a last two, don't worry about it.
2: Well, I mean, but like you mentioned, with with the quarterback, you know, with Bohannon going down uh, with a leg injury against Kansas State, possibility of him returning or not may not matter that much with the amount of uh, talent that they still have. It just could affect the score a little bit. Oh, man, your score is a little bit more generous than mine. I'm, I'll i let you read yours, but I'm sure. going to say mine first because I had 31-14 in my head because I remember that. I think that was what I predicted for Iowa State. And, hey, we saw how that went. So maybe I can be wrong the correct way there. But, yeah, that Tech is uh, you know, – they're a 15.5-point dog, so that puts – Baylor just barely covering. The over-under is 52, and so that puts us firmly in the under position there. But I'm not... uh, (laughs) It's the end of of a long season, man. (laughs) And this this is where I'm at. I think Baylor's a very good team. Playing in Waco is... Gonna be, uh, it's gonna be pretty good crowd. There's gonna be a lot of folks there. I think there will be a lot of Red Raiders there. I know one of my one of my friends is planning on going and hopefully taking his daughter, so that 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 does kind of. And he's been to a couple of games there because living in the Metroplex, getting down the I-35 parking lot is (laughs) is a little bit easier than you know getting all the way out here sometimes.
1: Sure. So I've got Baylor winning this one, twenty-eight to thirteen. I don't think you slow them down enough to kick a field goal there. Um, I do think be, like, yes, they do average scoring more than 28 points per game. I think uh, with the possibility of not having Bohannon and then their offensive strength going against your defensive defensive strength, you slow them down a little bit, but I just, after this weekend, uh, I have a hard time picking Texas tech offense, to do a whole lot uh, against a, another strong defense, especially on the road. So 28 13, Baylor winning this one. That would be a Texas Tech cover, barely, if it hangs on at 15 and a half uh, and definitely hitting the under. So
2: I can't believe that you don't think Aranda would kick a field goal. He's shown.
1: Well, he did that, that, that he, for the tiebreaker. field goals against Oklahoma.
2: Yeah. Um, tiebreaker,
1: man. You never know.
2: You never know when you might have to just do that.
1: So let's go quickly around the rest of the big 12 Kansas state in Austin against Texas. Texas is a three point favorite. uh, Oh, baby. No way. (laughs) Wildcats are winning this one by a touchdown.
2: I forget what the spread was last week and we felt the same way, but yeah, Baylor won. Um, and I forget what, Oh, this is, this is really good. I'm going to look this up because, um, that's, that's how on top of it. I want to know Baylor, Kansas state, Baylor won twenty to ten. I forgot what the spread was. But I remember you and I were both like, nah, take Emo, baby. Every man a wildcat.
1: Was it a touchdown?
2: Oh look. I'm I'm looking back in our notes. Oh, this is killer radio. Okay, let's see. Last week it was Oh no, it was basically a pick'em. Baylor minus one at Kansas State. There you go. Oops. <laughs> That's even worse.
1: TCU at it's... Iowa State. Iowa State's a 15-point favorite. <sighs> no, I I I know I know TCU's down on offense. I I I think TCU covers this. Am I wrong, Michael? The, probably
2: not, because my first thought and my I've been so wrong lately. Uh my first thought was, oh, there's yeah, there's no way TCU covers this plus 15. And so that's why I think you may be right with yeah Iowa State's um,
1: Iowa State might do it because they were TCU was a uh, twenty-two point favorites last week against Kansas right Kansas definitely covered because <laughs> uh, TCU ended up winning that game by three um, but it was a lot closer than that West Virginia sixteen point favorite on the road at Kansas. Give me Kansas to cover, because they, they've been punching up lately. West Virginia is not that good. like they're, they're, they're good defensively, but I don't, I don't see them running away from from Kansas, because, like I said, Kansas has been hanging around with people they, they shouldn't be, I and mean, they definitely de- defeated Texas and they almost had uh, TCU there. And then Oklahoma, double digit favorite on the road at Oklahoma State. Is Oklahoma even going to score 12 points, Michael? <laughs> well you saw how I'd, well I'd feel, that went in Waco I'd feel really bad if, if if they if they get up there and not only win but but cover this by 12 oh sorry they're 11 and a half point favorites against Oklahoma State I that's a big number no I, I get that like Oklahoma State has had an Oklahoma problem that they, they've had better teams and lost Oklahoma big before I think with the offense we've seen from Oklahoma this year that that they're too inconsistent to be relied upon, especially against a team like Oklahoma State. As long as they're 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 still picking up what they were putting down, I mean, this weekend, good gravy. Uh, I I do not I, at the very least Oklahoma State covers right, twelve points. I think so. All yeah,
2: right. I I really do think so, and and that means that I'm probably going to be com- completely wrong. But yeah, so far this year. Oklahoma has only covered against the spread one, two, three, four, five times. And they've had some gigantic spreads. And I actually I don't even know. I don't does that count all the games? No. Where's week one? I don't know why week one's not in this list, but I don't think they covered week one. We no, they didn't, because it was against Nebraska. So they definitely didn't cover that. Uh They, yeah, they covered last week. It was they were picked to win by three against Iowa State and 128 21. Uh, They were picked to win by four against Baylor. We know that didn't work out. The last similar spread they had, they were picked to win by 12.5 against TCU, and they did. That was when they identically scored uh, 52 31. Yeah. That TCU scored on Tech. So, uh, still it's a rivalry game. Things are going to be weird. It's in T Boone Pickens. Gundy has a really good defense. I'm with you.
1: Oklahoma state. I'd take the points on that. Hey, speaking of really quickly, I, I heard a stat this week or this, this afternoon that just blew my mind and I sent it to you on Slack, I believe. Yes. This year, Oklahoma state's seventh season since 2010 Double digit wins. This is like approaching that uh, that streak that Texas had where they had like nine or 10 years in a row of 10 win seasons. Oh my gosh. Oklahoma State's got seven in the past 11 years.
2: Does that ing- not that it really, I mean, semantics at this point, does that include the bowl games probably? Probably.
1: But still, I like, mean, if, if they cares? win nine <laughs> games in the regular season in a bowl game, they're still doing pretty good. Yeah. The nine, awesome. nine games they're playing a pretty good bowl game. On the flip side, though, Gundy, as long as he's been there at Oklahoma State, has only beat Oklahoma twice.
2: I wanted to bring a stat to you. Yeah, so they, have, they have had his number so many times. It's the, the years, I think even the year that Whedon, and they just went nuts, I think OU lost Bedlam, or OU won Bedlam that year. Um, anyway, uh, one of the things that I wanted to bring up to you, which is an interesting prospect, Kevin Little... And I have no idea who this is, but he's a, on Twitter and he's a longtime sports writer and desk editor for the Austin American Statesman, now semi-retired. That's his bio. He had this tweet and it really made me smile. Re- reports of Longhorn's bowl demise were exaggerated. A bowl could certainly be in play if they beat K-State on Black Friday. I've done all the calculus. It's quite likely... A few five and seven teams will get bids and Texas is near top of the list. Statesman will post my story today. So uh, this was on Monday. I did not go and dig up this story, but my only thought was, man, a five and eight Texas team. Sure. Just that just sounds right. <laughs> that just sounds like how this should end. They should go to a bowl game and lose it. Yeah, we'd five love. and eight. We'd love to see it. <laughs> Let's just, just add another L, please. Paladin. But right. but then that means that they would, um, you know, beat Kansas State, which I just don't think is going to happen. Now, no. Skyler Skyler did go out. He got hurt in that same game too, also a leg injury, and I think they carted him off the field, so he might officially, officially be done, and that really could hurt their chances. But man, Kansas State—that's a team that has, yeah. That's just not somebody I, I ever want to play, really. And I don't think Texas is in the position to, to to beat them.
1: No. All right. You ready to wrap it up with what we learned this week? Oh, yeah. All right. Let's get there. What did we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right. So, ideal Thanksgiving plate. Our man, Rob <laughs> Bro put out the tweet on the twitter build your thanksgiving plate top row turkey ham chicken roasted squash why second row is a bit a bit of sides mac and cheese mashed potatoes stuffing or dressing i'm i'm, I'm putting the equivalent here because i'm not a big fan of stuffing I mean either dressing. stuffing kind of weirds me out or bread rolls third row more of the veggie side salad green bean casserole brussels sprouts stuffed mushrooms What and then your desserts pumpkin pie pecan pie sweet potato pie apple pie so i initially went one per row i went turkey dressing slash stuffing green bean casserole and pumpkin pie somebody replied to me and like doubled up on everything other i said well if we're gonna do that (laughs) turkey ham like i said turkey ham mac and cheese mashed potatoes stuffing roll i skipped the greens and then back to pumpkin pie how would you build your plate if you did one per row, Michael? One, okay, one per row. Because
2: it's Thanksgiving, I really do like ham. Okay. Um, but it's Thanksgiving. So I'm going to go turkey. I'm with you, man. Row two, I'm going dressing. Mm-hmm. Row three, I'm going to assume that they've learned how to roast Brussels sprouts like the rest of the country. And it's like some sort of roasted Brussels sprout with bacon or and blue cheese or, you know, some sort of really delicious way to do it. So I'm picking Brussels sprouts on row three because green bean casserole, not my thing, man. It's just like a, it's like a weird crunchy soup. I Sure. I'm, okay. I'm not really into it. And then row, f- row four, I love pecan pie so much, but pumpkin pie only comes out once a year for for my family. So I've got to go pumpkin pie. Yeah. All right. Now, now I wanted to do this though. Let's say you you roughly know what will probably be served at the Thanksgiving you're going to this Thursday. Build your ideal plate off of that. And if you need a minute, I can I can go first. All right. Cause I'm, Say that again. I'm picturing. Okay. So build your, like, what is the plate you will build on Thursday? Okay. It's, at it's your not Thanksgiving. I,
1: I don't know if it's any different than one I, I just said.
2: <laughs> well, it doesn't, you don't have to just like pick one.
1: No. Like w- when I said, when I you took can have, like nine multiple, things on your plate. Right. So, all right. Why don't you go first?
2: Okay. Okay. We are doing the man last year. We got like the, The honey-baked ham, the turkey from the honey-baked ham, incredible. Super thinly sliced, nice, sweet glaze on it. Uh, It's it's just fantastic. It's perfect for sandwiches just right out the gate. If you wanted to do sandwiches immediately, you could go for it. So anyway, we're doing that. So I'm having – that would be on my plate. My mom does broccoli cheese casserole, which is Mm. like broccoli and rice and Cheese and like cream of cheese soup or whatever that one is. Cream of chicken soup. You know, it's 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 just a staple in our family. She's doing deviled eggs. So I'm going to have me some of that. We're having some dressing. I'm going to have some gravy just kind of everywhere. Yeah. Yes. Gonna, <laughs> yes. Um, my mother-in-law is going to have all sorts of snacks. So who knows? So I will probably eat like three meals before we actually eat. But those are kind of my big ones. It's like the broccoli cheese casserole, the turkey, the dressing. If there's mashed potatoes, you bet those are going on. Um, If there are just regular green beans, those are probably going to find their way on the plate. Green beans or some sort of black-eyed peas or something like that. And then, yeah, I'm going to do pumpkin and pecan pie because what else are we... Who are we kidding? Who are we kidding here? I'm doing both.
1: Okay, so in a, in a text thread with my mom, <laughs> she said, Turkey dressing, Mac, anything else. I was like, well, we're really paring it down if that's what we're going with. Historically we've, we've done Turkey and a ham. Um, we haven't always done Mac and cheese, but we, we started doing this uh, crack potatoes and it's just stupid. They call it crack potato, but it's uh, basically uh, like hash brown sliced potatoes, uh mixed in with like a ranch dressing mix and cream cheese and cheese and bacon and that oh, kind of yeah, it's a really good, that sounds good. casserole mashed potatoes obviously you gotta have a good turkey gravy. Uh we have a family dressing recipe from my mom's great grandmother that legit, like when she was trying to get the recipe written down because it was always like a from memory, it was a handful of this or a, a grab of this and it was like Okay, Mimi. That's not, <laughs> those words aren't helpful uh, in today's. Because, anyways, um, she's done green bean casserole before. Uh, she's done broccoli, broccoli, cheese, and rice. Um, she doesn't make bread rolls, but she she does those like um, the ones like the metal pan, little tin, like a pie pan, basically.
2: Um, oh, like Miss Schubert's or whoever those are. Yeah, and and uh, yeah, those, those, are, are those are killer.
1: Those are, those are um pumpkin and pecan pie. I've never had a sweet potato pie at this. I've never had an apple pie. That that seems just out of place. I always been pumpkin and pecan. She has in previous years gotten um a chocolate pecan pie pie mix that you just dump into a pie pan or a, a pie crust, which I'm I'm not a I don't hate pecan pie but like between the two it's an easy choice for, for pecan for, or for, for pumpkin for me. Really? That chocolate pecan pie though. Chef kiss dude. Oh I forgot to mention my wife is also bringing
2: um, vanilla chai cupcakes. Okay. So I will, I will have that too. I will have a, <laughs> a vanilla chai cupcake and a piece of pumpkin pie and a piece of pecan pie that's all going to happen at some point point. and then one of my favorite things to do is have a piece of pie with as my breakfast for the next several days nice until the pie is gone i i have a big old cup of coffee hopefully some whipped cream maybe you know sometimes the whipped cream ends up in the coffee too that's fine just, you just never know it works and out then then a, a nice big slice of sugar to start your day it's no worse than anything else, right?
1: It's no worse than um, big bowl of cereal or something or yeah. cinnamon rolls or monkey bread or whatever.
2: Pie for breakfast. Let's start that tradition now. Just, just oh, for do sure. it.
1: All right. For for Michael, I'm Spencer. That'll do it for us on the 23 Personal Podcast. We'll be back Saturday for Instant Reaction. Be sure to catch the basketball game on Tuesday, football and basketball. We'll see you later.